This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Body Detox podcast. I am your host, integrative intuitive medium, Kara Lovehart, and I'm here with my partner, Matt Suter, for the last episode in the series of Love. Mm-hmm. And I really, really just wanted to say I learned so much about love in my life from meeting this man. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this last episode is going to really expand. It's going to really take all the concepts we just talked about and really bring it into simplified terms. like mm-hmm. Because I consider myself a Jesusonian, and it's a really interesting word. You're like, what's that? It's actually someone who follows the teachings and the way of life and how Christ lived. Mm-hmm. And so when I first met you, I was like, he's the most Christ-like person I have ever met. And I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, not necessarily religious, but I would consider myself a Jesusonian. I like to follow those who have come before us, you know, and how they've loved. Mm-hmm. And even these teachers and prophets and people around the, wor- around the world and throughout history that you hear all these amazing stories and these feats and these things that they've done to bring more love into the world. Mm-hmm. So that's when I met Matt, I was just so inspired by him. And you're learning, how does he love this way? How is he so compassionate? He's so patient. He's so kind. And there's so many of the people in my life that have also been teachers of that. My grandfather as well. He was, you know, always really about about teaching and practicing and acting out of love. Mm-hmm. So, what I want to, of course, talk about today is how do we live a life of love? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. It, it is the truest expression of love is to live a life of love. And the more that we can understand that love is a choice, it's not natural motivation because our human nature is defensive. You know, it its interest is in protecting us and preserving us. But yet, when we look at these examples of love, very often they're self-sacrificial. But we don't have to step into that expression to live a life of love. You know, and it's funny because, as I've mentioned previously, that you know I I was raised Catholic, and even through my life, as I I was going to go and be a priest, and, and then eventually I left Catholicism and I left Christianity. I became a Buddhist for a few years, and then I just left organized religion altogether. And my concept of spirituality was became very mental. I studied all these different concepts of of different traditions and religions and perspectives, and the thing that I found that tied them all together was love, the pursuit of that love. Now, there's plenty of rules and extrapolations and and the the dogma that gets thrown in. Like twin flames and soulmates. Exactly right. All of these terminology things mm-hmm. that we want to hold on to and throw around and beat each other over the head with. But ultimately, the more we get tied up in that stuff, we lose sight of the point. The point of life, which is love. So, the first thing that I really want to discuss when it comes to living this life of love is giving yourself permission to love. Because very often we are so focused on us, we're so focused on what they said to me, what they did to me, 
You know, we become victims of our circumstance. We look at life as happening to us very often. And when we identify as that, really what we're doing is we are not taking responsibility for our role in life. And again, it is a choice. And so first, right out of the gate, I mentioned this earlier, but I want to talk about it a little bit more, is that in life, we have two prime motivators, love and fear. And they are two trees with many different branches, many different expressions. So love looks like a lot of different things to people. Fear also looks like a lot of different things. And those expressions can vary. But Ultimately, if we boil them down, if we dive deeper and deeper and deeper, we will find one or the other. And the thing is, is that sometimes fear masquerades as love. Absolutely. It's something that I like to talk to parents about. It's very relatable for them. The fear that they have of their children being hurt or of them falling on the wrong path or all these sorts of things, that's not love. That's fear. So when you step back, you understand that love does not try to control. Love allows. Love gently guides. And we understand that if our words are not enough, we will support them through their choices, right? That we will understand our own boundaries and say, you know, if my child becomes an addict, I have to understand that the most loving thing for me to do is set down the boundary and say, I will not continue to enable your behavior. That might seem rough to you, but that is the most loving thing to do, not only for them, but for yourself. So the best way to spread love is to show love. Exactly. And, and through example, like what you're saying, and that's, that's more powerful it. than being acting out of fear. Right, right. And, and very often in situations, if someone is approaching us with hostility. We want to give back what we're receiving. But if we take a second, sometimes it's a matter of counting to 10. Sometimes it's taking a breath. Sometimes it's saying, hey, I need a couple minutes to roll this around in my head. Whatever it might be, taking that time to flip the script, to feel the impulse within yourself, but rather than allowing that to be the deciding factor of your action, to allow that to come up in you, feel it, and choose something different. That you always have the opportunity to love, no matter how terrible a situation seems. Look for the helpers. There are always helpers. There are always people doing good. Even in terrible situations in life and history, there are always helpers. There are always people that are trying to lend support, who are trying to give resources or help people get out of a dangerous situation. They're always there. And when we choose to focus on that, it does not deny the existence of wrongdoing, simply that we choose to cultivate love rather than cultivating that fear, cultivating that idea there must be retribution. Violence begets violence. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. And even though I'm not religious, I still reference you know the Bible because that was a big component for me. The Bible was something that I really digested. And, and a lot uh, of stories. And stories, of all course, over the world. as there are in many spiritual traditions and religions. And that right. was part of my favorite thing of studying them is starting to see the correlation between these things and sort of the origin of a lot of these characters that you know that people sort of built their lives around or their spirituality, their mythology around. But ultimately, all of those things are expressions of human nature. They are archetypes. They are components. They are options. They are possibilities that we can always choose. And deeper than understanding that we always have the choice of love, 
We have to understand that the only moment that love can exist is now. In this present moment, that is where love always is. That in every moment you get presented with the option, do you want to choose love or fear? And even if you have chosen fear for every moment of your life up until now, you have the chance to embrace love, which is patiently waiting for you. Love is present in this moment. And all you have to do is take a breath and be here with it to experience that love. You don't have to have done X, Y, and Z. You don't have to have joined this group or gone through that ritual. Love is here now. And some people experience that through God. Some people experience that through their spirituality. And that's beautiful. That's the gateway for a lot of people to feel worthy of it. But ultimately, that understanding and interaction with love is not exclusive to that process. So I want to explain that you had an enlightening experience, people would say. And I think anyone who's had those type of experiences, whether it's near death or whatever it is that pops them into the present moment and gives them that, it's called samadhi in, mm-hmm. in Buddhism, correct? Right, right. I think that it changes your perception of the world to the point where you will never be able to go back. Mm-hmm. And so I want to briefly touch on your perspective on before that happened, before that space, those people who are what I will call struggling to love. That they have this deep desire to, I want to love. Mm -hmm. I want to be present. I want to be able to experience the present moment. But they might be struggling with addiction. Mm -hmm. They might be struggling with trauma. Mm -hmm. They might be struggling with the fear of the past or the fear of the future. You know, that whole thing that, that keeps you out of love, keeps you out of the present moment. And I want to talk about that because I know for myself going through that, again, I had issues with lead poisoning. So it was really hard for me to be present. My cognition was not always there. It's one of those things I've met a lot of people who are trying so hard to become enlightened and to be loved because they want to love. And then they beat themselves up when they can't be that compassionate in that moment or take that 10 seconds to breathe. Sure. And then like, I'm failing at love. I'm trying so hard. And a lot of times I think in our culture, we don't realize that maybe you're not having any sort of substance abuse or you're not struggling with mental health issues, but our food and our diet really does affect our mental health and our capacity to be present. If you are you know, eating a lot of sugar or if you are having caffeine or things like that, it's really hard for us to be fully present if we are, again, not aware. Yeah. And that's why I think awareness is the, the most profound act of love yeah. because that is just presence. Mm-hmm. And the more you have that awareness the more that you don't have to learn that whole I'm struggling to love can eventually go away because you start to become aware of the things you're putting into your body or the things you consistently are doing and step by step become closer and closer to loving in a way that you really want to, that Mm -hmm. ideal way that you feel you want to love. And it's not about that perfectionism. I want to bring that up because I know there's a lot of people that might be listening to this that haven't had that experience Mm -hmm. of being able to be really present. Like Matt is the most present person I've ever met in my life. You're present probably 99% of the time. And it's it's funny because- (laughs) I'm here now. I know that much. I know. And so what would you say to those people- who are struggling to love and who are maybe maybe dealing with the shame of like, I really want to, I'm trying mm-hmm. to reach this mm-hmm. a- awakening, this enlightenment to be that type of person. Yes. I think that it's important for you to remember that love is about allowance. Love is accepting things as they are. And though the, the tense of those words are important 
because when we accept things as they are, it does not condone them. Maybe we're in an abusive relationship, uh, whether that's with a person or with a substance or with food or with a mental diet, the things that we put into our brain. When we accept that that's where we are, that's the first step towards changing where we're going. Because if we stay on this path, of course, we're going to have more of the same. But if we choose to flip the script, if we choose to change the way that we approach those things, it really does make a difference. And I would love to come back and talk about the concept of presence uh, just as a whole episode because we we love to complicate situations. Mm -hmm. We want all the details of what does it look like? What does it feel like? How do I get there? What are the steps? When in reality, all the moments that lead us up to this concept is the concept So presence is every step of the way, but so many people treat the present moment as if it's an obstacle to overcome, to get to the goal. Right. When's the weekend coming? The goal. When's lunch happening? Right. It's now. It is this moment. So when you can be just here, and what that requires of you is to surrender everything else, completely surrender the past, completely surrender the future. We look at that concept of surrender and it brings up this uncomfortable feeling in us because we are so active in our society as human beings. It's part of our survival mechanism. Keep going, right? But when we are going so much that we don't stop, life has a funny way of hitting us over the back of the head sometimes and saying, all right, now you're going to sit there and you don't have a choice, right? So, Give yourself the opportunity and feel what it's like to let go of everything else, even if it happens for just a millisecond. A long time ago, I was talking to my cousin. He had just started finding Eastern philosophy, so it started this inner journey. And he was talking about how I had talked to him about some of this stuff, and he had started to put it into practice. He started to meditate, and he said, you know, I'm having trouble because I say, oh, I was just present. I just lost it. And I said, but you have to acknowledge that that means you were capable of achieving it that you know how to do it now. And so all it is, it's just like lifting weights, is the more that you step into that presence, and really what it's about is letting go of everything else. The more that you do that, the more you can understand where you are, and that is always now. Everything that has ever happened has always happened now. Everything. And so when we can be present with that, we can love where we are. We can find the beauty. We can find the helpers. We can see where we can give love, not only to ourselves, but to the world around us. We can make that choice. Acceptance and surrender make for a much more graceful, loving life. For sure. And I think a lot of the times, most of us only maybe have experienced presence that Mm -hmm. we can remember or say, yeah, that was it. I was really present in that space. When we are in love, mm-hmm. or we're in love with maybe a meal that we're eating, yes. you know, yeah. we're experiencing the five senses from a way that we like really are enjoying mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think presence goes beyond the enjoying and only the the experiences of comfort. Yeah. And actually, again, we'll go back into it, and, and we will bring you back and do another episode on this. But it's almost like taking love beyond just these experiences that are like, oh, these are preferable and peak. Peak experiences, experiences, because ultimately that's that's when we tend to apply these labels. When we have the 
pinnacle of an experience, that was love. When in reality, love was every moment of the climb as well as every moment right. of the fall. Right, and so that's when we differentiate and we yes. create this polarization through right. this this black and white, right or wrong, up or down, this was a good experience, this was a bad experience. Mm-hmm. That neutrality of presence Mm -hmm. through all of that, through the pain that you're having in your low back, being present with it, through the heartbreak from going through the the breakup, that is the most expanded version of love Mm -hmm. and experiencing, I would say, the eternality, the universal life force of God, of Mm -hmm. source, of the higher power, whatever you want to call it. That is it. That's Mm -hmm. the most expanded version of love that I have yet encountered. Sure. Sure, it, being in that presence in that space, and that's that really is it. it. It's that, like I said, it's that choice of of just allowing allowing what is to be, and then deciding whether you want more of it or less of it, and you move in that direction in that moment. But but I think that if you don't understand how to let go of the things that you don't have control of. You limit your capacity to be present because you've convinced yourself that you're in control of these circumstances, that you're in control of anything outside of yourself. That is a misperception, ultimately. I always say that control ends at your fingertips. Beyond that, it's influence. You can influence your world, absolutely, but you are not controlling it. And if you tell yourself that you are, if you convince yourself that you're in control of anything else but yourself, you are limiting your capacity. But when we surrender those things, it doesn't mean that we can't interact. It doesn't mean that we can't influence. But when we surrender those things, we increase our capacity to be present. We increase our capacity to be love because love and presence are synonymous. They're the same thing. They are the same thing. I always use the analogy of even if there's a lion running towards you, it's not this moment that you're afraid of because in this moment, you're fine. It's the future moment that you're worried about when the lion gets to you. So if you spend this moment frozen in fear, anticipating a future moment, trying to figure out how you can control that future moment, you release all of the opportunities that you could use to collect yourself and say, the most loving thing for me to do is remove myself from this dangerous situation that I accept that I am presently in. So when we move out of that, we are using love to make the most loving choice for ourselves. You know? So that's the idea, is that when we release all of these things that we can't control, which is the past, which is the future, right? we can put all of our resources here and now, and that is the most loving thing we can do. We give ourselves the option. We give ourselves the space to be able to say, I'm going to choose love. And even if we don't, choose love in that moment. The next moment presents us with the same question, identically. It says, how about now? Do you want to embrace love? And if you say no, love doesn't say, well, fine, I don't like you either. It says, okay, I'll wait right here. You know, And that's the beautiful thing is that it's always open. It's there. You always have the choice that every person that you meet, you can smile at them. You can give them just space You don't have to compliment them. You don't have to try and fluff their ego. You can just sit there with them, allowing them to be themselves without judging them, without looking at them as dangerous, without looking at them as strange or out of the ordinary. 
opening yourself up and or without, allowing. Or without trying to save them with your particular spiritual or religious belief system that yes. you feel that they need because they're not safe. Right. Or they're not doing it right. I feel like that, to me, when that concept really sat in my life, I go, this is the most expanded version of God mm-hmm. or consciousness that I can experience right now at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. And that's why I find it really interesting because you went from Catholic to a Buddhist to, you know, being an atheist, you were doing all these different things and you experienced so many different ways of perceiving a higher power. Sure. So I think that's an interesting perspective to carry when it comes to a lot of our listeners, we have so many different belief systems and spirituality and, and all that. So how can we use this presence no matter what our belief system is? Mm-hmm. How can we use this to understand and bring in that eternal sense of love and being in that present space no matter what yeah. what spiritual or religious path we're walking? Right. And that's the idea is to see that love is at the root of whatever your spirituality uh, or your, your religion is. It can be something there to inspire you. Absolutely. That's the point of the stories. The stories are there to inspire you. All you have to do is embrace this moment and see that you are a part of everyone around you, that we are all one. That So when I talk about God, that is what I mean. I don't believe in an uh, anthropomorphic God, a, a, an actual person, a character, a creature. A the cre- bearded man right. in the sky. It's, that doesn't exist within my understanding of reality, of the world. Uh, it did at one point. It was absolutely there. My when I use the word God for people, I, I use that language because it has this bigger uh, connotation. And that is the closest thing that I think people can conceptualize uh, very often. So I use that word very loosely. But when I talk about this idea that, you know, namaste, that, I, that the divine within me acknowledges the divine within you. And that rock? And that, and that rock, cat, everything, and that door, everything. So when we look at anything and experience it as a separate thing, we've stepped out of that understanding that love binds us together. That love is the glue. Love is the thing that permeates all. It permeates life. Love is life. So when we step into fear, we're stepping away from life. We're right. stepping into a constructed reality within our mind where the world is out to get us, where we're not good enough. And so it doesn't require you to step into some qualification. It simply requires you to release those things. And that's the hardest thing for us to do because when we're in fear, we death grip everything. Mm-hmm. But when we can convince ourselves that it's okay, and that's the reason why I choose the word surrender. Because we tend to look at that as giving up. But it's about what we surrender. We don't surrender ourselves. We don't surrender anything but the things that we have convinced ourselves that we are in control of. All we have to do is let those things go. It's that releasing process that allows us to open up the capacity to receive the love that is everything. You know, it's really interesting because I think about how much love we have in this world, but also how we can perceive so much lack of it. Of course. You know, depending on how we perceive and where we put our awareness Mm -hmm. and our our perception. And 
I can't imagine there would be actually anyone listening to this podcast that would be in a space of cynicism and the world is a horrible place and actually continue to listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. But for those of, I mean, and if you're out there, great, this is awesome. Maybe you can take this information and be like, okay, cool. But what if you have someone out there that's listening that they have people that they're so caught up in, you know, how is this information practical? Love is all, Mm -hmm. is it? We are one, all these hippy dippy concepts. Like, how would you give a perspective or is there even a way to give a perspective to someone who's so caught up in the practical application of this? Or how do we really like this, you know, because they're such black and white thinkers mm-hmm, sometimes, mm-hmm. they can't see that perspective. Yeah. How would you use this concept to give that person a little bit of insight? Usually my question is, how is it working for you? That's a very good question. Oh, how is it working? <laughs> Yeah, so all the cynics and all the people out there, the negative Nancys, the pessimists, how is it working? Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Do you enjoy, are you happy? Because if they are, then love them. Let them be. And that's wonderful because they've found that expression of love, even if it is through the condemnation of all things. And that is the idea that it, it limits them through that condemnation. But ultimately, one day, they'll realize that by pushing away everything they'll eventually be left with nothing but themselves. And in that moment, they will get to choose, do I accept myself or do I reject myself because I'm the only thing left? Thank you for sharing that because I I know there are listeners here that are maybe experiencing this desire to be more loving, to be more kind, and they're doing all these things. And I guarantee they have people in their lives, Mm -hmm. which we all have those people in our lives when we're trying to do this, that, that... it's so threatening to them yeah. because it doesn't make sense. And because it's their their understanding of love. Right. That's, the, that's normally the thing that makes people resist that concept of loving everything and everyone because their understanding of love is not love. Right. You know, it's love is something that you earn. Love is something that makes you vulnerable. Love is dangerous. Right. Love makes you see the world through rose-colored glasses and therefore in an illusion. So the more that you can understand what love actually is, which, as I said, is just being here. That's all it means. Love is just being here. And the more right. that you can step into that space, the more you are being love. Right. And I think that's the most powerful expression of love. It, yes. Because, you know, and I say this because I know some people get, they, they get that feeling of of, uh, of sadness when they have people in their lives that are, you know, teasing them for what they're doing, or they're trying to be more kind or more kind to themselves or their body. And then they get, you know, a hard time for it sometimes from people who are just scared mm-hmm. of that type of love mm-hmm. because they don't have an understanding of it yet. Yeah. And instead of going in this place where we say, well, they just don't understand yet. They're not I, being My loving. consciousness is more heightened than their <laughs> consciousness. And yeah. I just I just learned to love more than they know. That's another thing I really want to just talk about. That's, a, That's So it. my question to them is normally, so where are they being loving? Right. Because by, by its very nature, every moment holds the potential and the expression of both. Right. Every, as I said, every terrible thing has an upside as well. There's always that silver lining. And just the same as when we focus on the love, there is always that terrible thing that's happening as well. But it's what we put our focus on that makes the difference. Do you want more of love or more of fear? Because where you put your focus is where you're going to put your energy and therefore what you're going to cultivate in your everyday life. In this moment, 
one moment at a time. So when you can choose, rather than focusing on what is going wrong in this situation, I'm going to focus on what I appreciate about it, what I love about it. It doesn't mean that we ignore what is going wrong. It doesn't mean that we ignore the problem, the challenge, the thing that we need to address or fix, that we need to process or work through. It's not about that. It's not putting on those rose-colored glasses and saying everything is fine, la, 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 while we put our fingers in our ears. It's not about that because that's not love either. That's fear masquerading as love through escapism. Right. Right. It's about accepting right now. I'm not in a good situation or right now. I'm triggered by this person. I'm challenged by this person. I'm in pain right now. Accepting where you are and saying, I am still here. I choose to love myself more than this. And we make that step out of that pain into love, into embracing ourselves, into moving forward. You know, and the more that we can do that, the more that we can stay with our situations, even when they're painful, rather than our natural inclination, of course, is to try and escape, to try and get away from the pain. But we often do it by stepping into the future. And the future is going to be the perpetuation of that pain unless we look at the, all the crossroads that we're going through leading up to that moment. Again, treating this moment, the present moment, as if it's an obstacle to be overcome. Everything that's ever happened has always happened in this moment. So how can you arrive at something when you're trying to convince yourself that that thing is the obstacle to be overcome? Being here and now is accepting that we are in this space as the result of my conscious or unconscious actions or inactions. But all I can choose is now. What am I going to do with it? Right. That's what it's all about. Right. Mm. So... All of those last episodes mm-hmm. leading up to this. Yes. <laughs> Again, leading up to, um, I really love the expansion of our awareness of love mm-hmm. as we grow. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a beautiful thing. Because we have to learn these different words for it. We have to learn how to express it. We have to learn where it came from. How do we, how do we learn how to love? Mm-hmm. What are the stories we tell ourselves? Where do we escape? Yeah. You know, and where do we hold on to and create these, you know, choking out love? Yes. And then where do we look at what's beyond, what's the, what's the, the, the single note that's always playing here? Mm-hmm. The, the great ohm, the great, oh, this is always the moment. What is that? And experiencing that. Yeah. And learning how to allow yourself to surrender and experience that more and more and more. And if you're lucky enough to have a near-death experience or a samadhi experience, then you're, you know, you're fast-paced into just experiencing on a regular basis. Maybe, and for some people that is the 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 awakening point, but for others it's not, you know. And I think that sometimes when we step into um, an experience that potentially can provide us with perspective, it also requires us to allow that perspective to affect our lives. And it doesn't always. So I think you don't have to have a near-death experience. You don't have to have anything intense. You don't have to have an experience, period, happen to you. You can create that experience by simply being aware of the beauty of everything around you. Or something. Just pick something around you. In every moment, where is the beauty? Because it's always there. You can be in the middle of a junkyard and you can find something beautiful. And then as you do that, then you can say, well, what else might be beautiful? And eventually you look around you and realize that everything is beautiful. 
You build upon it. It helps to put you in a different direction. It puts your mind on a path towards this beautiful expansion of love. And that's really what it's all about. You know, it is It is here. That yes. love is here. It yes. doesn't really exist anywhere else. Right. So let's be in that space as Matt will finalize out our podcast tonight. Absolutely. So if you've ever been to a wedding before, you've probably heard this, but I, I really find it to be one that I reference within myself uh, very, very often. So this is uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. What a great series that was. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and we love all of you out there, too. Absolutely. Love, love, love. So thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this February season of love mm-hmm. as we move into Pisces season. And we'll have Matt back, not only to talk about presents, but also talk about astrology and mythology. Oh, sure. And we've got lots of things to talk about. But thank you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm. And be well until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends. Mm-hmm.